Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Riccia, and this is episode number 341 of the podcast. It's the 1st of February, 2023, as I record this intro. In this week's episode, Anna and Erica join me for the next episode in our Unschooling Rules series. Now, we use the word rules in quotes to draw attention to the fact that there is no such thing as an unschooling rule. It can feel easier to reach for a set of rules to follow, especially when we're learning something new, but we want to offer you space to look within, to find what makes sense to you and what makes sense to the individual members of your family. There are no unschooling police. Nobody is going to drop by your house and give you a failing grade or even an A+. Our goal with this series is to explore these apparent rules and cultivate an environment for self-discovery, inquiry, agency, and growth. In this episode, we're diving into the rule that unschoolers should never use curriculum. Now, it can be really helpful when you're starting out unschooling to steer away from curriculum and adult-led activities because our vision of how learning works in the beginning is so often tightly wrapped up in what it looks like in school. But eventually, our focus on what they're learning shifts to focusing on cultivating connected and trusting relationships with them. And the choices they make about what activities they want to do and how they want to follow their interests flow naturally from that connected place. We hope our conversation is helpful for you on your unschooling journey. Now, before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support is instrumental in keeping the podcast archive, both audio and transcript, freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to support the show, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's get to my conversation with Anna and Erica. Welcome. I'm Pamela Riccia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm joined by Anna Brown and Erica Ellis. Hi to you both. Hello. <laughs> now, before we get started proper, we want to remind everyone that with this Unschooling Rules series, we use the word rules in quotes to draw attention to the fact that there is no such thing. It can sometimes feel easier to reach for a set of rules to follow, especially when we're learning something new. But we want to offer you space to look within, to find what makes sense to you and what makes sense to the individual members of your family. There are no unschooling police. Nobody is going to drop by your house and give you a failing grade or even an A+. (laughs) So our goal with this series is to explore these apparent rules and cultivate an environment for self-discovery, for inquiry, for agency, and for growth. So in this episode, we're diving into the rule that says unschoolers don't use curriculum. And I think this is going to be so interesting to explore. 
Now, when I started thinking about it, it is very similar to the first rule we explored, always say yes, in that it makes sense as a guide for people new to unschooling. It can be really helpful when you're starting out to steer away from not only curriculum, but also more formal adult-led programs for a while, like local rec classes or online classes, things like that. And that's because when we first come to unschooling, our vision of how learning works is so often tightly wrapped up in what it looks like in school. There's an adult teacher who knows the subject and the order in which it's best to learn it, and students who soak up the knowledge as directed. Sure, we have lightly chosen unschooling because something in that process didn't make sense to us. So maybe our child didn't mesh with the classroom environment of sit quietly and listen, or maybe the high student-teacher ratio makes us uncomfortable, or maybe we bucket the amount of seemingly arbitrary rules needed to manage a classroom of 30-odd kids. Yet, and this was definitely the case for me, I didn't know what I didn't yet know about how (laughs) learning happens. Like, I thought I knew how learning. I've been learning for so many years. (laughs) So the encouragement to steer clear of curriculum uh, when we were starting out was helpful for me. Without that curriculum-based structure to fall back on, I had little choice but to ask myself, well, how would my kids learn instead? So I ended up more intentionally uh, watching them in action, playing with them, chatting with them, hanging out together. And over time, I came to see how much they were learning as they went about their day following their interests. Because with unschooling, instead of following curriculum, our kids are following their interests. And if we don't first take curriculum off the table, there's a pretty good chance we'll just naturally jump to that style of learning whenever our kid expresses an interest in something, right? Dance? Okay, I'll sign you up for ballet lessons. Soccer? Oh, yeah, let's join the local soccer league and get you on a team. It'll be so fun. Science? The Science Center has a six-week summer program. I just signed you up. Yay! (laughs) And that's because we still think these more formal adult-led settings are the best way to learn. But really, they are just another way to engage with an interest, not objectively better than dancing around the family room or kicking the ball around the yard or making slime at home. And the more we sink into that, peeling back those layers, the more we discover about how human beings are wired to learn, how they will naturally play around with things to figure out how they work, how human beings are just so curious. And eventually, our focus on what they're learning shifts to focusing on cultivating connected and trusting relationships with them because we know in our bones now that learning happens all the time. And in the bigger picture, we can better support their efforts when our relationship is strong. And it is here that this rule can start to rub. It can start to feel a bit restrictive. If we continue to stick with the story that People like us, unschoolers, don't use curriculum. We are apt to take interesting possibilities off the table just because they're curriculum-based. Instead, now that we no longer feel that learning directed by an adult or teacher is any better than learning that they pursue themselves, we can now add those bits to the big smorgasbord of learning possibilities to choose from. None is better than another 
except to the individual who's interested in learning about something. How do they like to learn? What are they looking to learn? Where might they find that kind of information? Where might they find other people who are as interested in the topic as they are? Maybe they've loved dancing around the house and now they want to try a class with others who also love to dance. Maybe an online class that dives into a book series they love looks interesting to them. Or joining a sports team to up their game. Or a chemistry class, like or whatever strikes their fancy. At this point, the fundamental difference is that they are choosing the more formal environment or curriculum because they're interested in the information that they'll find there. It's not about the grades. It's about what they want to learn. And if they find the environment isn't a good fit after all, they know they're free to leave and try another way to dive into their interest without any judgment. And at this point, we know and we feel how this applies to our whole family. We are a family of people who pursue our interests and aspirations in whatever ways we're curious to explore, no matter our age. Now we're really unschooled. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anna, what are your thoughts around Oh my goodness. Okay. First, I really do love this series because I feel like picking apart this idea that there are these hard and fast rules is so valuable because it gets us, you know, to our why and and all this thinking, you know, that I like to do and kind of pick apart and see the nuances um, because it really is just so unique to each family. And if we keep connection at the forefront, it makes it so much easier to navigate all these things as they come along. So in our family, my girls never went to school, but I did. (laughs) So I had certainly soaked up what learning was supposed to look like in a school setting. I am also a scanner though. And so I just love learning new things. And so I had that going for me. You know, I knew that I could learn whatever I wanted to and dig to whatever depths I wanted to. So I had that experience that I think helped me along the way. In some of the very early days, I was really attracted to the nature-based curriculums. You know, new school supplies were super fun for me at school. That was probably my favorite part. And, you know, I definitely enjoyed getting the art cabinet fully stocked and having all these tools at our disposal. But what I learned pretty quickly was that I was drawn to the nature-based curriculum because it was what I liked. And interestingly, my girls who also enjoyed nature when they were very young, but um, they didn't like a book telling them (laughs) what they were going to do each day. So we had a really cool backyard with a creek and all kinds of nature and flora and fauna. And they just really preferred that exploration kind of being led by what was in front of us and what was happening in their lives and what they, what, where their interest was drawn, you know, throughout the yard. And, you know, we also, and then I think about the flip side, we also learned so much about bugs and fish through animal crossing, which is a video game that we all enjoyed as a family. We each had our own, you know, and I found cool ideas from all kinds of different sources over the years. And, When I used them in a way that flowed with our days and our organic interests, everyone enjoyed it. So for me, it's it's never been that that curriculum doesn't have a place. It's more about who's driving it and how it's used. I want to look carefully at why I felt it would be helpful. And oftentimes when I dug in there, it was because of maybe how it would look or, oh, I can say we're using this. 
or it would take some of the responsibility off of me because, you know, then I'm not having to plan activities or think or, you know, follow their interests as much. We can just sit down and do the thing. But in the end, I found even when I tried to find curriculum type resources, they fell so short of what my children actually wanted to learn. It was very surface level. And what I found with mine is that they like to dive deep and learn all the things about whatever their interest was in that moment. And so in the end, it just really didn't add much for us. But I do think every family is is unique and every child unique. And so it is worth exploring. I guess I do want to add too that this is just like a personal aside (laughs) that I don't believe that kids need worksheets to learn. I think humans like to know how information is used and how it fits in the world. And I think worksheets tend to dissociate from that. So that was actually something we didn't have around. We had tons of books and games and watch shows and found resources that enhance the things that we were interested in. Our halls were lined with posters from snakes to giant timeline of the presidents. You know, they liked logic games and different computer games and Raylan went through a geography phase and we found all sorts of resources for that. You know, there are just so many amazing resources out there. And I think probably even more now than there was when, you know, our kids were growing up. For me, it's just really about staying connected and in tune with what might help them along their chosen path. And I think that's the important piece for me is like, they're really seeing that path and I'm right there with them facilitating and learning alongside of them, but I'm not carving the path for them. Erica, what do you think about? So I just, I thought this was a really interesting one too. And like with that, always say yes rule. I've definitely seen this idea cause issues in both directions. So like on one side of the pendulum swing, parents might actively reject anything that reminds them of anything (laughs) that anyone has ever done in school, which potentially limits what their children have access to. And then on the other side, parents might value curriculum or learning that looks more schoolish and subconsciously or even purposefully encourage their children to make those kinds of choices. And really in either case, it's not as much about what the kids are drawn to or what feels the best to them and more about judgments of the parents and what the parents want their life to look like from the outside. So I think for this rules episode, it's fun to just consider where you are on that pendulum swing and what kind of reactions you have to the types of interests that your children have. Um, I remember at the beginning of my unschooling journey, I was drawn to the idea of curriculum because it seems fun to have a plan (laughs) and to have activities to do. And it's appealing to me to check off boxes. I also love school supplies. And I do think curriculum is also appealing in that same way um, that Anna was describing uh, that handing off responsibility piece. Because if we're following a plan that someone else has created, we we are less responsible for the outcomes. And if we're on that prescribed path, there can be a feeling of security that's tied to that. Um, And depending on our children's personalities, there will be more or less pushback about doing adult-led activities. And in the case of my kids, there was just no way to direct them to do activities of my choosing. They are very focused on the things they're interested in. And so I recognized that very early on and focused on supporting their explorations rather than trying to direct them. 
And every once in a while, we would try out a nature program or a story time or an art activity at the park. And really, my experience with my kids with all adult directed activities is that they don't like the feeling of being directed. And I know my kids are not the only ones that feel like that. But some kids do. Some kids like their out-school classes or their co-op classes and their reading practice books. And some kids, you know, we hear, oh, they love doing math worksheets. And so I guess in those cases, I would just want to dig into a couple of questions for myself. Am I giving my kids any indication that choosing those adult-led activities is better than something else they might be interested in doing? Or am I suggesting classes and curriculum ideas, like Pam was saying, as the first thing that pops into my head when they express a new interest? And if that's the case, maybe it would be worthwhile to expand the possibilities, give things a little more space to blossom, and get curious about what that particular child really would want to do if they were free to make a choice. Um, There's definitely not a right way when it comes to learning. And so I'm just grateful for, you know, the space and the chance to give things time and for my kids to truly be able to choose what makes sense as the right next step for them as they're following their interests. I mean, I think that's such a a core piece though, right? Is when, when it happens that, okay, they like this, they like that great, we're supporting that, we're supporting their interest in the class or the worksheet or the whatever. But it is, I think those questions are important because, you know, we've seen it. I mean, I I feel like we've just seen it recently with some friends too, that are just like so excited about the classes that are starting up and kids sense that, right? They see that, okay, this is really valued. And, you know, we've been hearing, oh, we're just sitting around all day and, oh, we're just doing this. And so what is that energy and what is our body language and what are our words conveying about learning? I think it's just interesting to kind of explore. Right. And if the, um, if the parents, if the parents excitement uh, makes the, if it's a certain kind of kid, the kid will see that excitement and want to do it. And then if it's my kind of kid, they'll see that excitement and never want to do it. (laughs) In either case, they're not really listening to themselves. Right. To themselves. Yeah. And I think that is so interesting for us to dig into too, because I feel there may be occasions when we get super excited about how a class or something sounds and it can be, you know, why let's dig into that. Is it because it's something that's interesting to us? You know, very that's cool. And, you know, maybe we could take the class in, but also it's like, when we, you know, because most of us have grown up going to school and we have that school experience. And we think when when that's kind of still what we reach for as learning, but now it's in like maybe a more open kind of right. environment. So it's less restrictive than the experience we have. So that's another piece that can be exciting for us. <laughs> and right, right. It, it feels more open to us. Right. So it's more open. It's something they're interested in. Like, this is awesome. Yay. But we won't notice until we kind of dig in because because it's just something we haven't had much experience with until we give ourselves the ability and the choice and the space to just like, ooh, what am I interested in? Like just, it could be really interesting just to think, what is something that I'd like to learn about? What am I curious about? And then 
you know what pops to mind? How would I like to learn about that? And it would just be so curious, like write down 10 ways that you might learn about the thing that you're curious about learning and just look at them. And it could give you a really cool snapshot of where of where your, your mind is in, in how we learn things, how human beings learn things. And maybe you'll know, you know what, I'm going to try out, you know, number seven on the list, because that isn't, that might be a little bit outside of my comfort zone, but that could be cool to experience because that's the thing is now when we don't have judgment, when we're not worried about grades, when it's really just about us and our learning and the way we want to learn things and the things that we're interested in learning, we can try it out. We can try it out for a couple of weeks. It's like, oh, you know, this doesn't feel good. But when we have these experiences about ways to learn, we can bring that to our conversations with our kids. It helps us release some of the judgment. It helps us see the value in, oh, they're just playing. You know, that was in quotes, right? Fascinating when we can start playing with it for ourselves, because now we have more experiences and we can see, see new things in our kids that we might not have when we had, you know, a little bit more of a tunnel vision around how human beings learn. Right. And I feel like we don't even know that we have that though. So I think the exercise you're talking about is really important because when you just realize, oh, I need a class, I need an expert to tell me how to do that. Oh, I need to go do it this way. And, you know, that's just, it's just so ingrained in us. Like we, it's just so hard to even begin to question that. But I think when we turn our eyes to our children, actually, we see all the learning that takes place in a given day as they're physically moving objects, as they're asking questions, as they're, you know, exploring the world. And so I feel like for me, that's what really opened that up was just seeing how much they were learning, just organically living their day when I really did have this, you know, I was trained and taught that that's how you learn is to sit there and listen to the expert telling you. And while there was pieces of me that bucked against that, you know, I didn't know that we really could do it another way. And so I think it is more ingrained in us than we think. And it's really fun to let it go. I'll just say now, you know, 20 years down the road, oh my gosh, the power that we have to just learn anything that we want in so many different ways is such a unique time in history, I think as well. So it's really fun. Yeah. It's, um, Exactly that. Like, I feel like when when we have the tunnel vision about the one way to learn and we're directing them into this kind of shoot of like, and here's the next step, like, then we're missing what we talk about so much, which is like what they actually like about the thing too. And so the more they get sucked into this is the way everyone learns about this thing that you're interested in, the less chance there is for them to take the offshoots of like what they actually really are curious about. And so I think, you know, it's just, it's such a special environment for a person to be able to actually be following the little threads of their own interest. I think there's a better chance for, you know, finding new things or finding something that just so perfectly matches with who they are. It's really exciting to think about, actually. I love that because I think like you're talking about, it's these different webs and there's backtracks. Like, so I'm interested in dance. Ooh, but I like the music. Oh, but I'm going to come back here. And oh, I like the costumes. And I, oh, I'm going to come back here. But it's like the ballet class for the five-year-old is just going to be the ballet class for the five-year-old. You know, you're going to be learning these 
few feet positions and put a tutu on. But it's like we have such a the ability to provide a richer environment where all those aspects can be explored to the depths that may be just a quick shallow or a very deep dive that's so unique and so much more, I think, how humans learn. Yeah, I love that so much. That's such an interesting thing to think about because you're right. When we get a topic and we want to be helpful and supportive, it's like, okay, you know, let's go, let's sign up for the lessons, let's do this. But when you start um, doing that, yeah, you're guiding them because in that kind of environment, they're told what the important part of the thing is. Right. 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 So they don't, it's like, oh, okay. So my, my love of, I don't get to wear a costume till maybe the end of the year when we have our performance. Right. Um, So they just absorb the message that, oh, that's not really an important part of it. Even though for me, that's, you know, I watched some ballet or the ballet and that was what I loved. And I love ballet and okay, let's go to class. Right. And that gets lost and it gets pushed down. Not even anyone saying anything, but those messages come through. So giving the space for the for a little while, just to like dance with them to see what they're drawn to. Yeah. What ballet, dance videos, like all those things on and see what they do with it. See where they take it. That can give us so much more information than quickly setting them in an environment that is presupposing right. what their love of the thing is all about. Right. <laughs> Right. And I'm going to take it back kind of to the topic just really quick to even wrap it up is that, you know, once we've cultivated this environment where we're able to explore and go and come back and do and create the web, then a curriculum doesn't have any power. It may have use, you know, so then you bring in that more conventional tool that maybe is an expert or maybe is a written curriculum or is maybe some type of class and they know it's just one option among many. They don't weigh it anymore. They get what they want to from it. They don't look feel bad about themselves if it doesn't fit them or it doesn't look good. And so I think that's the whole, that's the beauty of creating this environment. It's not about no curriculum, no classes. It's about the whole environment of is everything valued and is our own unique learning path valued. Oh yeah. I love that. I love that. That, that is when you get to that point, like then everything's an option. Life is just so much bigger and beautiful. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much to both of you for joining me. That's a really fun discussion. And I am really, really loving this series. (laughs) I hope everyone else listening is as well. And remember you can come and comment on the, the episode on the website, where we're sharing it on the YouTube video, on Instagram, all the different places. We would love to hear your thoughts as well. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.